2: Is brought to you by Don't Take
3: Risks, Use a Condom Every Time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya
0: one time.
4: Some Spices yes, I come.
5: Live on DSTV Channel 421, Go TV Channel 125 and around the world on myjoyonline.com. This is Joy News Prime. Coming up, Ghana National Association of Teachers unhappy with government's low page response to challenges confronting schools in flood affected areas as it provides support to over 300 displaced teachers. Majority in parliament defends NIB management over running of the bank. Describing the minority as engaging in reckless propaganda to discredit the bank. More as they describe allegations that government plans to sell off NIB and ADB to cronies as malicious falsehood. And the government of Ghana, in a desperate scramble for resources to pay off $140 million judgment debt, owed Trafigura as it emerges seized properties in London could take up to 75 years to clear the debt. And also Multimedia Group nominated in eight categories in this year's GJ Awards details as the association prepares to award journalists for their sterling performance in the year under review this Sunday. At 8 p.m., I hand over to Beverly Broom to bring us prime business.
6: Air France and KLM boss pushes for reduction in airport charges and taxes to aid tourism and passenger travels.
7: It demand and tourism and business to Ghana will critically have to refuel these airport charges. Also for our airline, but this will benefit the industry as such.
5: Lady at 8.30, Razak Muzbaho will be joining
8: us with Prime Sports. Former Black Stars captain Stephen Appiah and Wembley Sports Construction Limited support victims of a Akosumbo Dam spillage with relief items and
5: with assurances of more support. We are a home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Please stay for details.
2: Join News Prime Headlines was brought to you by Don't take risks. Use a condom
9: every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time.
6: Some of Spices.
4: Yes, sir.
5: Now, the Ghana National Association of Teachers says it is not pleased with government's slow pace of response to challenges confronting schools in their flood affected areas following the spillage of the Akosombo and Poon Dams. School buildings now serve as temporary accommodation for displaced residents, compelling school children to skip school or take lessons under trees. Education Minister Dr. Yao said during a tour of the affected communities, assured government is working to address the situation.
2: School children in the flood-affected communities are one of the worst hit victims of the dam spillage and its resultant flooding. They have had to stay away from school to take shelter in temporary structures far away from their abode for over a month. Until that time when the floods recede, academic work remains in limbo. In a bit to gauge the severity of the impact of the flooding, the education minister in the company of his deputies and some other officials in the education sector interacted with the school children and teachers on the applied. He assured the government was doing everything possible to solve their challenge regarding the state of education in the district. To
10: engage stakeholders, uh, to really get on the spot accounts and various initiatives that are being undertaken. I would come within the uh, teachers. I would talk to the regional minister, district chief executive, national coordinator, who is here. So we've gotten a very good feel of what is going on and how we can support the effort. As you see here, uh, these are makeshift classes, and students are learning. That's a good thing that they are not losing out. In a number of places, we don't have that opportunity, and we should create that opportunity immediately. So we are looking at short-term solutions, medium-term and long-term solutions to the challenges. But as Education Minister, my primary purpose for the visit is how do I bring normalcy to the teaching and learning process? And that's why we came and we've seen enough. Uh, to go back and then look at what we can do uh, to really bring about teaching and learning uh, to our community, to our parents and to our students.
2: Some school buildings have been submerged. Teachers and students have been displaced. Teaching materials have been destroyed in the flats. There remains lots of anxiety among teachers, school children and parents concerning the future of education after the flats. IV Sexologist reports for joy.
5: By the Ghana National Association of Teachers says it is unhappy with the government's low pace in addressing their concerns. Reverend Isaac also is not president.
7: What we are looking forward is for them to be very proactive, to put measures in place to restore back uh, academic work within these affected areas. But uh, we are not happy uh, with the peace uh, in which the ministry together will be taking to resolve the matter. But once yesterday they were there, we will give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that within the coming days, uh, they will let Ghanaians know what they are put, the measures they are put in place to restore back academic work within the affected areas. And when we are in an emergency situation, we have what we call uh, education at the emergency. So education at the emergency is not like the normal uh, procedure that all of us use. This is a situation where children and their teachers, parents are in difficulties now. So we believe and trust that the ministry, in terms of this emergency, will put in place measures.
5: Let's get more on this. Uh, joining me via Zoom now, a spokesperson for the Education Ministry, Kwasi e. quite grateful to you for joining us now. Now, we're learning today that government doesn't have a coordinated plan to ensure that they bridge the gap between the, the people who have been affected and how they can get access to education. Why that?
11: Uh, and I think I, I responded to this question earlier on, uh, on joining us when I spoke to your colleague, Vaz Mesa. And then the premise was that I don't think it is very helpful uh, for us to always use, I mean, this approach in resolving issues like this. Of course, I understand the agency, I understand the importance that we have to attach to uh, critical issues like this. But uh, I also, we also have to be mindful to address it in a very dispassionate manner uh, so that even in our attempt to resolve uh, whatever challenges uh, occasioned by this village we do not end up creating a lot of problems at the end of the day. Of course, I mean, yesterday I had the opportunity to join the minister's team, of course, together with uh, other stakeholders from the Ministry of Education. You look at the FPMU, GES, FRA, uh, GTECH, and nasia and other relevant institutions. And of oh, course... Oh,
5: oh, okay, when... so, so so to address this, what is the plan that the ministry is working
11: with? I mean, if you had allowed me to land because I was, I was still coming there. I mean, so the, the the point is that, first of all, you need to appreciate the issue and the challenge that they are having even on ground. There are communities that you go that uh, literally those displaced people from other communities are lodging within the school buildings. Certainly, we may have to us with, uh, for instance, VRA and other relevant uh, institutions to probably look at solutions like pavilions and other temporary places for uh, studies and academic activities. Of course, as I speak with you, I mean, this morning, uh, the regional education director from the Volta region also spoke to your colleague, and he also outlined certain measures like uh, the shift system that they are running. Uh, so uh, I, I do not think uh, the ministry or Ghana education service is not doing anything. Uh, in situations like this, it is not a, decision, a situation that I mean, we could have uh, reasonably anticipated, especially looking at the impact. Uh, and so, when it happens like that, you have to liaise with stakeholders. You are having, for instance, EPA working with NADMO, working with the military and other institutions. For us within the Ministry of Education, the assurance we are giving to all parents, all students, is that uh, we have a short term solution, uh, long term, and even a medium term approach. And like uh, the minister indicated, and even yesterday, some of your men were on the ground. We've started a shift system. We are working with GRA, sorry, VRA, uh, to look at also uh, the construction of pavilions and, and other temporary uh, places to accommodate this. But mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday, for instance, our visit there was first of all to ascertain the situation for ourselves, uh, uh, get 1st some information to okay. be able to... And mm-hmm. that is what they mean. Uh, because it,
5: last you. week, the education... Africa Education Watch was proposing that if government could adopt the measures that were adopted during the COVID-19 shutdown, it could help. How about that? What what steps has the ministry taken uh, towards that?
12: Uh,
11: Of course, uh, I I am not a disaster management expert. uh, But what I know is that uh, yesterday we picked the first-hand information and most situations, in situations like this, you have to work with uh, the data available. And uh, yesterday, we were also able to gather some data, particularly from the regional directory, and we are collaborating with other relevant institutions. I'm sure every situation will require its unique response. And if it becomes necessary, that we may have to uh, look at whatever approach that we use during the COVID time. For us, within the Ministry of Education, we are open to it. But what is most important is is, is, the, is the is the fact that uh, yesterday we were there. We were able to have first and information. Mm-hmm. We provided some relief items. We provided some learning materials okay. especially to those schools that are running the shift system and i mean believe me you there are instances that as at now you are even unable to track some of the students and okay. some of the going children some of them are within their communities living with people and their dcs the MP, mm-hmm. uh the other education uh, sector workers are all helping to be able to okay. track them so okay it is not that simplistic that maybe twenty two thousand 000 has been displaced and they have not been provided education it doesn't really work like that there are processes and protocols that you have to follow where to track even the students in the first place bring mm-hmm. them together and provide education for them
5: but i mean when they started doing the simulation exercises the education ministry should have prepared for something like this it looks like there is an afterthought somewhere
11: uh, i think for me uh, i mean this is where i feel we always get it wrong it, it looks like in this country at every at every point if we want to address any issue, we, first of all, have to create an impression that somebody is not working before we feel that it can be solved. I think it can also be done even the other way around. At the end of the day, if you look at the genesis of the problem, I mean, it's, it's almost been perennial, but this time it's escalated to a very unmeasurable level. Okay. All right. Of need a rapid response from all, I mean, government uh, sectors to be able to resolve it. It's quite ungrateful. Assurance is that we, we, we are still working uh, to make sure that we get... Uh... Okay, so that's uh, at the Education
5: Ministry, P.R.O., our joint news is, is learning that government of Ghana is in a desperate scramble to raise resources to settle a $140 million judgment debt owed Trafigura for illegally terminating a contract to install and operate two power plants in Ghana. Two and a half years after the London arbitrary Tribunal awarded a judgment debt against Ghana, Trafigura has attached at least five properties of the country in the UK. But that may not be enough. We have exclusive details of that for you. Manuel Cranting now joins us live from London with the latest on this fast-developing story, Manuel. Uh, The seized building may not be enough to offset the debt. Why is that? And kindly on mute so we can hear what you're telling us.
12: Yes, well, Bruce, uh, what we've learned is that the attachment is not outrightly to the ownership of the building, the particular building called Regina Building. Mm-hmm. It is actually to the leasehold interest of the country in the building, which in simple terms means that while the country owns the building and currently receives um, rent, for of better expressions, uh, f- from the occupants of the building, it currently is going to transfer that leasehold interest to Trafigura, which means that Trafigura is now going to be the institution to rather receive the rent. Mm-hmm. What my sources tell me is that um, the um, rental value of the property is around £1.5 million annually. And if you put that across the um, judgment debt of 140 million US dollars, it brings you somewhere around 115 million pounds. That give or take um, with 1.5 million pounds annually, holding all other um, variables constant, gives you about 75 to 76 years before Chafiguera will be able to offset um, or defray its entire um, interest of the 140 million US dollars. That's uh, my sources uh, tell me. Um, cannot be the, the, the option now. So currently, what is being discussed is uh, how the government of Ghana can raise other resources, including and um, persons who are familiar with this particular story and really close to the authorities at both sides of the conversation, talking about Trafigura and its subsidiary in Ghana, GP, uh, GC, and then the government of Ghana say this may actually uh, spill over into properties in Ghana, even though We haven't gotten to that point just yet. Okay.
5: Have we heard anything from the Trafigura people themselves?
12: Well, what we know is that the government of Ghana is currently making frantic overtures towards Trafigura in the sense of um, getting Trafigura to um, rather, uh, amicably, deal with the situation. However, uh, what we've learned is that uh, Trafigura, and I'll just read you a quick... um, report if like response that Trafigura gave to the BBC they say over the uh, past two and a half years since they secured this uh, judgment from the Arbitrary Tribunal in London they have taken steps to actually um, you know, prosecute and execute the judgment debt in ways that will be satisfactory for both sides and mm. uh, it hasn't been successful obviously due to attempts by the government of Ghana to block The uh, execution of the judgment debt. So Mm. for now, they say they are open to conversations and they are willing to engage the government of Ghana if it brings on proposals. And that's where we are currently with the ongoing um, conversations. Uh, What we know also is Mm. that, um, Brace, there are at least two banks, um, which are Ghana International Bank and then another bank called Chiba Bank, which are currently occupying um, portions of the six-story building um, that we call Regina House. And both of these um, banks have at least some five more years remaining on their lease um, towards the government of Ghana. So there's a bit of a conversation about what is going to happen um, to the, the interest of the five years that um, is currently on the books of these uh, banks. So okay. it's currently, uh, you know, um, um, a very desperate efforts by the government of Ghana to salvage what it can um, so that the the demands of Trafigura does not spill over into the country. Uh, And especially because, and just as you read in your intro, there are five properties that were attached um, to this judgment: the Regina House, and then four other properties, including the Ghana High Commission building, and then the Chancery. Um, Fortunately, uh, at least for the country Ghana, These other four properties are covered by diplomatic immunity, which essentially means that they cannot be assumed by a traffic and So there's can be a sense for how to make up for the difference in value.
5: Okay. I'm not grateful to you. Now, away from that, the NPP majority in Parliament have torn into what they describe as wicked propaganda by the NDC colleagues against the National Investment Bank, NIB. The minority at a news conference a few weeks ago took on top management of the NIB, who they accused of being incompetent. But their colleagues in the majority are pushing back. Majority Chief Web, Frank arnold Dompre described the conduct and allegations of their colleagues as unpatriotic and meant to run down the bank.
13: I think what the the minority should do is that, you know, the financial sector has its own variabilities. And as such, if you are making commentaries about um, a bank, you need to be careful and you need to get your facts right. Our colleague, the minority ranking member of finance, we think he got it all wrong. He got it all wrong. It is never true that the Treasury of the NIB bank is not functioning. So the least our colleagues can do is at least be careful when you are commenting about a bank that is mandated by law to help soar up and develop our industry. All of us can appreciate that we are gradually gravitating towards an election year. And so people are tempted to come and make all manner of allegations. Happy to join them if they are calling on the central government to push in more um, capital to the bank. Because we are talking about 1D, 1F as a country to develop our industrial sector. And the bank's core mandate is to support our industrial drive. What the government should be encouraged and urged to do is to help in the recapitalization, but not to run down the bank. So our colleagues in the minority should stop this politicization of all matters. It's most, most unfortunate, and I think that they they have to show more of patriotism when it comes to matters of this nature which can affect the well-being of our country and and also lead us into a dungeon. So speak with a lot of passion because I want...
0: If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep For five years, match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robin Hood Financial LLC member SIPC.
13: Sit down or sit aloof and allow people who so called finance people who think that they know more than anybody and yet they come out and chant out malicious lies just to score political points. It's most, most unfortunate.
5: According to Frank Anadompre, contrary to claims by the NDC that government is speeding up plans to merge ADB and NIB and privatise them, no such decision is being pursued currently. When
13: these allegations, especially I will caution you when we are going messier, we are going into elections, I'm sure there is going to be a lot of such malicious uh, lies being put out. I am not aware. As a government, maybe there is any going. going to be any sell-off. In to you use your own words, is a, there's going to be any sell-off. Um, I sure would have had that privileged information. There is nothing like that as we speak. There's going to be any sell-off or what have you. I am not aware of that. And my prime concern is that we shouldn't allow the bank to be run down by propaganda. If they have evidence that there's going to be a sell-off. Why don't they put that in the public? We want to challenge the minority. If there is an intention like that, which you describe as sinister, they should come and tell us and give us evidence and save us from all these rumor-mongering, wild goose chains, press conferences upon press conferences just to put the bank. You see, my, my concern is that if we are not careful, we'll run down the bank. No financial institution is run with propaganda. It will not succeed. So they should they should be, be a bit more patriotic. Uh, uh, the ranking member, I'm sure if he had knocked the door of the MD to find out answers to these concerns, he would have been provided with the answers. There is no sinister move to sell of the bank. I will support an effort to recapitalize and to sort up its... Um, uh, what do you call it, a treasury, other than a sell-off. And I don't think the government has come to that position of a sell-off yet. So treat it with the contempt it, des- it deserves, and just throw it overboard. I'm sure uh, Adongo was in, in one of his mood, and he got it all wrong.
5: Moving on to other stories now. Dr. George the Inspector General of Police, has defended the decision to prevent demonstrators from occupying the Jubilee House. He explained that the previous demonstration in 2014 by Occupy Ghana was only a name but not directed at the Jubilee House and therefore cannot serve as a precedent for accusing the police of suppressing protesters. Dr. George Okufudampari, however, indicated that the protesters were arrested after they attempted to take advantage of the proximity of the demonstration grounds to the Jubilee House to invade the seat of government. The IGP was responding to questions on public safety from members of the Trade Union Congress during an engagement
14: fundamental thing that came out was the issue of consistency and the consistency bit came from two fronts, my big brother who spoke first and my brother who also later anchored at that point about the fact that 2014 there was an issue of um, Occupy Flaster House which almost nine years now So if we are not careful, nine years time if we are not here, then there will be another meeting saying that, why are you stopping people for going to Jubilee House? Because nine years ago, which is today, there was a demonstration called Occupy Jubilee House. So there is one thing having the intention and naming a demonstration by that name, and another thing, it happened at the location that you had it. 2014, nobody occupied the Jubilee House; it was in name. And they did a demonstration, and it was around Professor Madame of Fawazalazan's Park. And some of them made an attempt to run to the Jubilee House, and they were stopped at afrikiko interchange we have engagement and we worked on it and i think by that time my brother lawyer like kofi bento was also even in the group so we want that clarity to be there
5: dr george akufodampara is also taking on the fix the country's protesters for misleading the public with allegations of brutalities
3: in its recent demonstration one example as i conclude recently there was some demonstration that they said they want to demonstrate for three days or about. We went through a process based on what they want us to do, we served them, they said they still want to demonstrate, then we saw that the police went there and then they said, no, what they doing is on of gathering, so they picked about 48 people up, just to discourage any people from throwing up the mall. so that at the end of the day, we wait for the court to make a determination as to how the demonstration should go. As soon as they were arrested, they went around making all sort of allegations and all sort of noise and said police have brutalized us, they have done this, we have done that, we have done that. I took it upon myself the following day to meet their leaders, some of them, and told them that if we have respected the process and allowed the court to tell us how we should go about, we will get to where we are going to. But because we have succeeded, with all the propaganda and convincing the public that I think we are against you demonstrating and also the lies about the fact that police have brutalized you. We'll let you continue the demonstration and we'll let you finish with all the days that you want to do the demonstration. But I will challenge you to bring any evidence that speaks to the fact that you were brutalized as I speak. After months of completing that demonstration to today, not a shred of everything has been brought up to indicate that police have been victimised. But until I, te- I told you this, and you being here, you would have had a mindset based on what they were stealing out there. That they-
5: Now, the National Buffer Stock Company has been fingered by a local rice producer for being behind the near collapse of his company. The chief executive officer of Tamana Rice Processing Company, producers of Nasia Star Rice in the northeast region, Alhaji Brahima, is accusing the National Buffer Stock Company for its refusal to pay its indebtedness of 1 million Ghana cities. Owed his company and threatened to take legal action against the CEO. Speaking to Joy News, Alhaji Brahima expressed worries about the state of his company, which he said was on the verge of collapse. Correspondent Ilya Sutanko has the details.
15: This is the main branch of the Tamana Rice Processing Company, located at Logre near Walewale in the Westmoreland Municipality of the Northeast Region. Behind me is a machinery used in the production and packaging of the Nasia Star rice. This machinery, on a normal day, produces 250 tonnes of rice. It was a working day when we visited, yet the company wasn't in operation. Workers reported to work, but there was no work to do. While some of them had been laid off. Of others choose to stay back home to exploit other means to feed their families. The company hasn't been in operation since May this year as a result of low market and high cost of production. The chief executive officer of the company, Alhaji Saibu Ibrahim, explained the situation to Joy News.
16: We are virtually collapsing. The two factories put together, we are processing 290 tons per day. And with these 290 tons per day, people were, cars were even packed from last year September up to December but currently when you process and put uh, uh, when you process 250 tons uh, a day it can take several months you cannot even get market to be able to sell all currently we have uh, 1350 bags of rice that is packed at the factory since this year May up to date we've never sparked our machines because we process we don't get market for it we have seen in our kumasi shop thousands of rice is packed there and our tamale shop is also locked up because you don't have market for it.
15: The CEO also revealed the company had already laid off nearly half of its workforce.
16: We currently we have a, our work force has been reduced out of 250 workers we have reduced it to 105 because we will not be able to get the money to pay their salary
15: he added that his company was suffering from the impact of what he called bad government policies in the local rice farming and production sector he specifically mentioned the government's failure to enforce its own ban on the importation of foreign rice and to remove subsidies on farm inputs
16: when the rice the imported rice came down to even be less than, it is even lesser than the prices of uh, Ghana that we are selling. And it is due to uh, the high cost of impulse in the market. Farmers also find it very difficult to be able to market with uh, the foreign rice. Right. So we go to buy from the farmers at a higher price, and we have no alternative to also price it high. And we now find it very difficult to compete with the foreign rice. And now nobody is buying from us for a whole year. They have not bought rice from us because they they have gone back to the Indian rice, which is very cheap.
15: He also blamed the National Buffer Stock Company and its CEO for the current state of his company.
16: I can even say we have virtually collapsed because of the buffer stock. Because they uh, kept our money for close to two years. we speak the buffer stock is showing us a lot of money and How they are much? not paying. Currently, they owe us close to one million Ghana cities and they are not paying us. We made our lawyer to write several letters to them. When the uh, supplier were agitating, we also uh, uh, thought they were going to pay us. But the NRA giving given us uh, 53,000 Ghana cities mm. and that ends the whole thing. So it's part of market and buffer stock is part of the collapse of the company.
15: The chief executive officer advised the government to intensify measures to regulate rice importation and restore subsidies for agro input for farmers. Ilyas Sutanko reporting for Joy News.
5: Well, we contacted the buffer stock company for a response to the story, but they said they will speak to it at a later date. As it's still the Joy News Prime, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Stay with us.
8: The malaria will really knocked you down, eh? Chale no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I could not even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked
9: out Malaria one time.
8: When malaria
17: strikes, take Malatu, Containing Arthameter and lumefantrine. Comes in tablet and suspension for effective treatment of malaria.
2: Great to have you. Thank you, no
17: problem. Malatu is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemists Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. About one-third of a million people live with HIV in Ghana. Close to 10,000 of them die each year, mostly as a result of a lack of antiretroviral drugs and adherence in fact close to 57 percent of children under 14 years living with hiv do not receive antiretroviral drugs, again as a result of inadequate funds to provide them with medication.
4: Life expectancy for these children is grim. The big worry, close to 16,300 people are newly infected with HIV each year. With this alarming rate of HIV infections, all of us are in danger and Ghana is headed for an epidemic explosion if nothing is done now. Avert it. while the ghana aids commission is working hard to overturn the situation the commission urgently needs funding support from corporate ghana and individuals to save lives we're therefore appealing to you corporate entities and individuals to support the national hiv and aids fund by dialing star 9898 hush on mtn and vodafone and follow the prompts or pay into the National HIV and AIDS Fund account number 101-863-161-3233 Bank of Ghana Your donation will be used to prevent new infections and provide care for people living with HIV including children affected by AIDS For further information please call Ghana AIDS Commission on 302 919260 or email info at ghanaids.gov.gh give to save a life today ghana aids commission partnering to eliminate hiv and
6: aids it feels like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur,
2: then you already are.
1: Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur.
4: Presently, Entrepreneurship is driven by
6: creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship, and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation.
1: Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door.
6: So, if you're ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you.
4: Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. Every day, people have money emergencies. I need
7: school.
1: school, school. Emergency. My
8: money, Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your ready. Emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town.
1: dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies
13: and dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans and other banking needs Echo Bank, the Pan-African Bank
4: Daddy, daddy this tank is big
13: yes that's true
4: it can store a lot of water. That's
13: so true.
4: Wow. It has a working certificate. Mm-hmm.
13: That's so true.
4: I can see mm-hmm. mm-hmm. S-I-N-T-E-E-S.
9: That is so true, my daughter.
4: Well, it falls down a spoiler. That's
17: not true.
4: But
1: why? Wow. Yay! Hey.
17: <laughs> <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer.
9: Syntex Tank.
17: Are you strong? Are you tough? Under the auspices of the Munich Re Foundation and the Micro Insurance Network. The National Insurance Commission, in collaboration with the Ghana Insurance Association and the Insurance Brokers Association of Ghana, are hosting the International Conference on Inclusive Insurance. It's official. The 19th International Conference on Inclusive Insurance is coming to Accra, Ghana from October 23rd to 27th, 2023. Over 400 experts from 50 countries will discuss ways of accelerating the growth and economic viability of inclusive insurance for emerging markets. Welcome to Accra, Ghana, an unforgettable experience of warmth, unique culinary delicacies, vibrantly colorful people with great strength and character. Welcome to Beguiling Ghana.
14: When you're little, days are extremely busy. Work.
12: Traffic jams. Meetings.
14: Conference calls. Luckily, our mom is here to take good care of us with day by day baby and day by day kids and they're naturally active ingredients. Our skin is hydrated, soothed, and protected all day long.
6: Yes.
5: From the break now, Chief Justice Getry Tokono has declined a petition of Special Prosecutor Kisie Jabin to have the judge handling the case involving former Sanitation Minister Cecilia Pa to recuse himself. The Special Prosecutor petitioned the Chief Justice, citing bias and unfairness, in the charge, uh, Justice Edward Chum is made to continue with the cases involving the OSP and, and the Special Prosecutor himself. The court had to adjourn the case twice after the petition to the Chief Justice, but in a tweet, the OSP announced that the Chief CJ had declined its petition. So what are the implications in the cases pending before the court, considering the fact that there appears to be a strain in the relationship between the OSP and the judge handling the case? Richard Kajonyakum of our legal desk joins us with details. Richard, was the Chief Justice's decision on the petition reviewed
0: in court today?
8: petition was not made available in court. In fact, the case was not called at all. Mm -hmm. The OSP was not even present in court, but Madam Cecilia Lapa, her husband, and her lawyers were in court hoping that a response would have been had uh, from the cj by the time that we were in court but the chief justice at the time we were in court had not responded in fact the lawyers went into the chambers of the judge and it was revealed that a cj is yet to give a response to the petition filed by the osp and so they needed to wait a little while longer as expected disappointment was boldly written on their faces as they walked out of the precinct of the court mm. But just a few minutes after midday the osp tweeted that the Chief Justice had refused his petition, and I quote, By a letter dated twenty fifth October 2023, the Judicial Secretary informed the Special Prosecutor that the Chief Justice is unable to accede to the Office of the Special Prosecutor's request for his lordship Justice Ejiochun to be recused and removed from all cases involving the OSP pending before him. And so that was a tweet by the Office of the Special Prosecutor.
10: Mm.
8: When are we back in court and what is likely to happen? Well, so, Brace, we are back in court on the 8th of November, where it is expected that the two parties will be present to continue with the case. In fact, there are currently uh, three applications before the court back. uh Chief of the applications is the application for the confirmation of the freezing of the bank account and the seizure of the property by Madam Slyarapai. So mm-hmm. that is what we are hoping that the court will look at on the 8th of November.
5: Okay. grateful to you. Uh, moving on to other stories. Multimedia group has been nominated in eight categories in this year's GJ Award. Details as the association prepares to award journalists for their sterling performance in the year under review this Sunday. The multimedia group nominees are Emma Davis, Francesca Angel, Erasto Zasai Donko, Emmanuel Jevenu, Eric Mensa Aite, Colincia and Netta Chris Abiana Prasam, and uh, Joy Femin Joy News as well. So uh, details of that will be on MajorOnline.com. Now, 48 communities in Ghana's northern belt are said to benefit from a $150 million social cohesion project. The 582 project will see the construction of schools, dams, health facilities, among others in the OT and other five regions in Ghana's northern belt. The initiative is expected to primarily address the impact of conflict and extremism from the Sahel region. $150
9: million social cohesion project will be financed with a World Bank credit facility. The northern region will receive eight of the 582 projects, whilst local assemblies in the northeast, upper east, upper west, Savannah and Oti regions will share the remaining projects. Speaking at a sword-cutting ceremony which took place at the Palace of the Overlord of Dagbon, Yana Abubakar Muhammad II, Vice-President, Mahmoud Ubaomiya said, delay in executing any aspect of the project will not be tolerated. I wish to emphasize that the funds have been made available for the execution of the sub-projects, as the Minister for Local Development has already said. This money is available and the contractors will not be inhibited by a lack of funding to complete all of these 582 projects. The Vice President explained how Phase 1 of the project will impact and change lives in the beneficiary regions. The project focuses on dealing with issues relating to fragility, conflicts and violence. Another issue of grave importance is the impact of climate change. Climate change poses a multiplier threat and compounds the fragilities and conflict dynamics. He said funding has already been provided and he expects nothing but speed in the execution of the project. I wish to caution all implementing agencies, both at the national and sub-national levels, that... Implementation delays will not be tolerated. The beneficiary regions were selected based on their vulnerabilities.
5: A resident of Ayidya Se and Kota in the Oferikro municipality of Ashanti region are lamenting an upsurge in crime among school-going children. The alleged basic school children in the communities are trained and recruited by hardened criminals into their gangs. Nurturing Dreams Ghana, a non-profit organization is taking steps to address these juvenile crimes in the area. There is more in this report.
1: Residents and traders in the Ayeduase and Kote communities after 7pm pack up and retire to their homes. They fear the growing insecurity in the area. There are incidents of daylight robbery.
4: When they don't get proper training at home, they don't get better food to eat, and they are growing and they can't do anything to support themselves. They start
2: to
6: rob, attack
8: with the students, pick our laptops and our phones. Is it common here? Yes, in front of this sound. Yes, Espe- especially when it's
9: late. There are guns moved from home to attack teachers at school premises. But I told them that day that I am and then I'm going to implement a new law.
1: Perpetrators of these robbery attacks are teenagers and children. Some are apprentices in various vocations, while others are from broken homes. 16 year old Morgan Pekuminka and 15 year old Ebenezer Kwashi are among such children. Coming from a poverty ridden background, they almost fell into the hands of bad company, but they were fortunate to meet a benefactor who turned their lives around.
15: Sometimes we can sleep with empty stomach without eating. And the following morning, the money that we take to school class is is problem. We will not get uh, anything. We can come to school with bread and water. We can go home and we'll eat supper.
18: So that's how uh, I was living with my mother. I was I was just roaming about, and my uh, and my mom just he brought me to Mrs. Nancy and told her that every time i'll be i'll be roaming about i'll be roaming about and she she told mrs hansi that please if mrs hansi can be gratefully take me as his son she she she'll be happy then mrs hansi said okay
1: currently both teenagers are chefs at a cafeteria
15: There is no work in this world that is for men and women. When I came, I didn't know how to cook rice, like anwamo, the one they call anwamo. I didn't know how to do it, and soup, and like jollof, and the rest.
1: This is an initiative by Nurturing Dreams Ghana, a non-profit organization which comes, raises and impacts teenagers from poor and broken homes. Evelyn Deladem Ansi is the founder.
2: When we are looking for um, employees, workers, people to work in in food joints, restaurants, uh, I mean you'll be going in for people who have completed uh, uh, SHS. We look for those who complete SHS, Uh, Maybe those in the university or those who have completed and have not had a job yet. But these are JHS leavers and they are trained to, to cook and they are guys and they are trained to serve and they are trained to market, do things that would make them mature
1: natural dreams ghana aims to create a natural environment to train children into responsible independent and skilled teens mona lisa from pons reports right to you
5: let's still be joining prime we'll take a break we'll be back with showbiz <laughs>
8: passi de ti e param de kala le plan ti bi dusuli ya e a chachiu we gbs lifestyle gastrosis mm de same de dance. no papa gbs lifestyle computer na generate inti straight na de eti to mo de Hey, good answer. I feel bad. 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 DBS
1: Traces. DBS Traces. I feel bad.
6: Kwejo, why are you late? Yes, Kwejo. Why are you late again? Kwejo. Can't you talk? See, Mommy, I could lie like Amma and say I was doing my homework with my friends. Or lie like Amma and say I was helping Grandma buy food. Mommy, I will not lie like Amma. I was playing with my friends, and that is why I'm late. Homework now! Thank you for not lying to me. Your Kalipo is in the fridge.
12: Kalipo, the natural fruit juice drink.
6: Avi, you know
12: that. This advert is FDA approved.
4: Life beautiful. Embrace it with the all-new Ahufe from GTP. Life.
17: Betway is your gateway to a theme park full of gaming excitement. A whirlpool of wonder where your favorite games come to life. Where you can take to the skies with max payouts that reach into the millions. All in the palm of your hand. Visit betway.com.gh. Terms and conditions apply. Betway is regulated by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. No under 18. Bet responsibly. Betway. Bet your way. (laughs)
5: All right, so welcome back to Showbiz, and um, Noella Karim Yali is here. That's
6: right. Right, now in Showbiz today, he embarked on a journey with a dream to stage the largest play that would transform the country's arts and tourism industry. In an open letter addressed to the then-CEO of the embattled gold dealership firm, Men's Gold, Nanapya Mensa, he sought a 5 million Ghana cities investment into this dream. Although he never received that funding, four years later, his dream materialized with the successful execution and patronage of Mansa World and just four days ago, another in Paris. Watch this. <laughs> and we are delighted to have playwright and the creative genius behind Mansa world chief moomin join us via zoom for a conversation about his recent experience in Paris. you're welcome chief moomin oh we can't hear you if you can unmute for me i'd be very grateful can you hear me now awesome stuff yeah i can hear you so i know it took a lot of guts but I mean, we want to hear from the horse's own mouth. What exactly did it take for you to realize Mansa World?
18: Well, I mean, from where we are now, we haven't even realized Mansa World yet. You right. know, what we just was a sniper of the vision into Mansa World, which we launched at the UNESCO headquarters. Mm. We are now actually looking towards the grand premiere of the Mansa World somewhere in the world, mm. which would be series of theater productions and other things put together in a one-month kind of a festive environment. So, But mm. I would say that the UNESCO launch signifies a major milestone. Uh, we've been working at this consistently for the past six years. This has been my job, traveling around the world, pitching mm. the projects, engaging with people, convincing local investors to invest in the projects. Mm. And last year we speeded in getting a few to put some money behind us to do what we call the proof-of-concept production. Mm. So what we actually have Pilot production, which we staged last year at National Theatre. So we're actually in the month of our anniversary. We're exactly one year old, mm. and so after its own, so we've been engaging with UNESCO. I mean, this engagement process with UNESCO as well over one year, right. and finally we launched the project. And now we're going to go global, take it around the world, build mm. support for, convince investors to invest in this month's World Vision, right. and. You know who do the world premiere,
6: right? And in the snippet we just watched, I'm sure my viewers also saw it. We saw a lot of positive reactions. Uh, I saw a, a, a young woman, you know, try to bow down, you know, almost in admiration for your your craft. Yeah. Tell us how that reception was like in Paris. Yeah,
18: I mean, she was not, she's not, she's actually a mature woman. So, this was actually <laughs> at, the, at the UNESCO headquarters. Well, I mean, I mean, unless you meant you know, young and young at right? Of course. Uh, so the, in event, though we had the main event at the UNESCO headquarters exactly one week from now. Actually, I'm, I'm sure around this time we had just finished the production, because France is two hours ahead of Ghana, so that should probably be around 10 o'clock. So this was the main event we did at the UNESCO headquarters. We went very well. There were a lot of high-profile dignitaries in the auditorium. The reception was great for us. We wanted to test how this production we we'll do internationally, and we feel that we'll succeed really internationally based on the kind of reactions that we had. And then we decided to do a pop-up performance, you know, out of the blue at the Eiffel Tower there's a place called La Place du Tra- Trocadero so we just took our trip there we just started an open air performance and people came around and took paychecks and danced. so it was mm-hmm. really 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 fun but I think that uh, this trip gives us confidence that the product that we are building is really global and can really sell around the world and that's really exciting for us because our vision is to create a powerful you know theatrical brand from Ghana from Africa to the world mm-hmm. and then move on to other areas of the art
6: right. Amazing. Amazing. I think my last question to you quickly would be how was your work, you know, contributing to the arts and tourism uh, industry in Ghana and beyond? And of course, what cultural and artistic elements do you hope to bring to the forefront with your place?
18: Well, I've always felt that Ghanaian and indeed West African culture is yet to be explored in all its, you know, grand offering. I mean, we've seen successes for music. Mm. I think that there's an opportunity for theatre, for film and other aspects of art. Right. And I think that what I'm doing, especially for Ghana, would help put our theatre out there internationally. I mean, we took one of the biggest, you know, theatre troops ever from Ghana. We went with a cast and crew of 60. Mm. So that's quite a undertaking. We all went and we all came back. So I think that what we're doing is opening up the opportunities for especially people in the theatre space in Ghana. is going to bring a lot of attention to what we're doing. And now we're going to create a system that Puts economic value to our craft, and for me, mm-hmm. that's my focus. That can we leverage on our skills, our talents, our culture, and our heritage to empower the artists both mm-hmm. in Ghana and us with the African and other African artists that we are going to work mm-hmm. with. So, I think that is going to be a major game changer for 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 the industry. And I think it's also actually going to also encourage a lot of people. Right, people are seeing us do this. There's just a sense of possibility that they'll be imbued with, you mm-hmm. know, to also. Undertake similar fees so for me i'm really very excited that they are we are, we are pushing the boundaries you know mm. we are opening up yes and we're going to see a ripple effect
6: that's right country. listen listen chief Women, uh, all of us here are joining us we're so proud of you uh, this is really amazing and uh, we're fingers crossed you really realize the whole play and uh, maybe you bring us along we cover and uh, everyone is happy you're happy, we're happy.
18: <laughs> well, we're just starting, so watch right. out
6: for the journey. Right, oh, chief. Team gonna... thank you so much for speaking to us. Right, so uh, to the world. I'm telling you, I yeah. mean, very proud of the production mm, team, yeah, exactly. the and chief himself, I mean, yeah. Oh, the kudos to him. Yeah, kudos, kudos to him. To him. <laughs> All
5: right, and that's how we wrap up today's bulletin. There's more news on myjoyonline.com. Upness is prime business with Beverly Good. Please be good to kill yourself, believe me.